Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, how it impacts us, and how we can rise above it. We are a community that values truth, transparency, growth, and love on the road to living lives that serve a higher purpose. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to have you here with us today. February 1st. Crazy how fast this year is already going by. Uh, February 1st, 2021. It is a Monday morning. Glad to have you with us. So let's jump into our minute of transparency, uh, and then we'll get cranking on the topic for today. So minute of transparency for today, I'm just going to call it distance improves your vision. So a few weeks ago, uh, we got to move our second child into college and uh, the whole family flew out to New York. I think I mentioned this uh, last week. We all flew out to New York in the middle of a pandemic uh, to make sure that she got moved in, settled and, and ready for her second semester of college. Got all that done and then we left. And as many of you who have been through the same scenario understand, uh, it's so strange driving away or flying away, leaving your child to live on their own without your help, right? But it's a rite of passage, right? It's a step that most uh, kids go through in order to move out, become self-reliant, and eventually be their own person. So it's a good thing, right? No matter how hard it is, it's a good thing. Now, this is our second time, so you would think that it would be easier, right? Well, not so much, um, but that's basically thanks to COVID. So child number one, who we originally took and dropped off at college, has returned and has been at home since then. So for the past nine months or so, we've all been here together as a family again. So having to do this a second time uh, in this season of our life was kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off of a wound. But we did it, and she is there, on campus, and getting used to her new life. And that's the piece that we're getting used to. So I called this installment of the Minute of Transparency, Distance Improves Your Vision, for this reason. So we just put over 2,800 miles of distance uh, between us and our child, right? Over 40 hours of driving, 6 hours flying. Uh, and it's really the distance that has changed things the most. It's that knowledge that you can't just jump in the car and go see her for the weekend or drop something off at the school if needed. And this knowledge changes your approach. It improves your vision, if you will. So FaceTime has become our best friend, right? Randomly just to check in and then at other times to work through things, um, you know, that you need to work through. And when she was at home, uh, it was easy to just take this for granted, right? You all you all lived together. You all were within each other's proximity. Uh, we all seemed to be okay just living in little silos of our own, each of us doing their own thing, most of the time in separate areas of the house or separate rooms, each watching separate shows on Netflix or being on devices with friends. But now, with the distance, that all changes, right? You find yourself thinking about her in the middle of the day 
wondering how things are going, wondering about her trips into the city, hoping that she's found friends and uh, that she is enjoying this new phase of life. So it's the distance that has improved the vision. And that's really my minute of transparency for today, just kind of learning to live in this new reality and enjoying the journey. But let's move into our topic for today, which easily ties to what we just talked about. Uh, This week's topic is transcending your potential, which is exactly what we hope our daughter does in college, right? Uh, We hope she spends the next three and a half years learning, growing, and reaching her full potential. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a few things. First, you do you better than anyone else. Number two, moving from consumer to contributor. Number three, finding your big idea. And then number four, the shadow career. Number one, you do you better than anyone else. So do you understand how special you are? How unique you are in the grand scheme of things? You as an individual? Not you as a man or woman. Not you as a white person, a Native American, or a person of color. Not you as an American citizen. I'm talking you as you. Just you. It probably has a nice ring to it when I say it that way, but my guess is that you don't typically think of things in these terms, right? We don't typically just think about ourselves without trying to use others for context. But we come by it honestly. We're social beings. We group up. We form attachments uh, first to our families, then to others around us, kind of based on commonalities like gender, color, race, ethnicity, age, interests, things like that. So for me, this means the following. Uh, I'm connected to my immediate family, first and foremost. Next, I have extended family. Uh, After that, I have people that I work with. Then I have acquaintances based on people that my wife and kids know. And finally, I have a connection to people like me. So I have an affinity with Christians, people from Canada, people who like hockey, uh, people who care about nature and the environment, uh, other clinicians, creatives, writers, podcasters, uh, people with an interest in the end of time, and the list goes on and on. But that's a good example of how we typically view the world, right? Based on our relationships and our networks. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you understand one thing, you are special valued, and important, even without those relationships or the network of people you identify with. Let me say that one more time. You are special, valued, and important, even without those relationships or that network of people you identify with. It's when you forget this that things can get a little crazy. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just take the events of January 6th, 2021 as an example. This was the day that a group of people thought it would be a good idea to storm the capital of the United States of America. Uh, You know, breaking through barriers, destroying property, threatening to harm people, and basically interfering with the continuance of an otherwise peaceful government proceeding. This event took many people off guard, but it really shouldn't have, right? The past two to four years have been building to this point with an increase in partisan politics, a polarization in the country. And though this wasn't a required outcome, 
it certainly isn't hard to see how fringe groups latched, latched onto this growing trend in order to come out of the woodwork and test their ideas on the world stage. But what does this have to do with you do you better than anyone else? Well, Transcend Human would suggest that these people had lost sight of that truth, that they gave up their value and their worth in order to hand it over to a group ideal. Now I know, in some circumstances, this is actually considered heroic, right? Those of you who saw the movie 300 should understand this. 300 Spartans gave up their lives to slow the advance of a massive Persian army attempting to invade Greece back in the Battle of Thermopylae. Now we look at these 300 soldiers as heroic, right? They're heroes because they gave up their uniqueness, their individual personal value for the greater good of Greece. But, and that is a very big but, uh, that's the way that they're viewed in retrospect, right? After the fact, history decided that these men were heroes, but only because history made it obvious and we were able to see the big picture, what they gave their lives for. We saw the event, we saw why it happened, and we saw how it all played out. The people who stormed the Capitol won't get that same review by history. Instead, they will be viewed as domestic terrorists, people who blindly gave up their individual beliefs, morals, and values at the request of some ambiguous anti-government rhetoric that they subscribe to on the internet. It was almost immediate uh, in that both political parties, you know, the two parties that represent the bulk of our country, condemned the attack. Sure, there were people in our country that these domestic terrorists spoke for, but they are definitely not the majority. In fact, they are a small fringe group that is barely a blip on the radar. There were many, many unfortunate outcomes on that day. And one of them is that the future for some of these people will not be very fun. You know, I believe that some of them will be sitting in prison a few months from now asking themselves questions like, why did I so easily give up my individuality for this group of people? Why was I not able to think through that day logically and choose a better option? And maybe questions like, how can I make the rest of my life count after something like this? Psychologists refer to this dynamic as groupthink. Um, and here are a couple definitions of what groupthink is. So the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. Another definition, a psychological phenomenon that occurs when a group of people in which the desire for harmony or conformity in the group results in an irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. Pretty crazy definitions, right, when you apply it to January 6th. I mean, that's exactly what happened. A group of people choosing not to be creative and not to think for themselves and hoping that in some way there would be no individual responsibility placed on them for their dysfunctional decision-making. We also refer to things like this as mob mentality or gang mentality, where being part of a group where anger or tensions are high leads to behavior that an individual may not typically be part of on their own. And that's really the point of all this, right? There is nothing wrong with being part of something bigger than yourself. But before you join that club, 
community or small group of people trying to fire you up, make sure you know who you are first. You, just you. Understand your beliefs, your values, and your personal worth. See your uniqueness and what you bring to the world and don't give that all away so easily. If the group you're joining is asking you to give up all of this to adopt only their unique set of values, you might want to run the other way. Number two, moving from consumer to contributor. So this is a concept that we talk a lot about on the podcast. In fact, it's written into the Transcend Human core values. Uh, We live in a consumer-friendly society. We have become mass consumers of products, services, resources, content, and entertainment, just to name a few. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see this. Walk down any aisle in a supermarket and you can tell that we aren't just being provided for when it comes to our needs. Uh, We are being provided for when it comes to our wants and our desires. Sure, they sell things like milk, flour, bread, cheese, you know, all staples that are required in a normal diet. But now there are at least 20 different kinds of milk from traditional to rice milk to almond milk to oat milk. And don't get me started on all the different kinds of cheese. Then there are products. Now, I love photography. And believe me, there is no end to the options I have as a photographer right? Everything from the brand of camera and the styles of cameras to the stock lenses to third-party lenses, flashes, uh, lighting accessories, shotgun mics, off-camera audio options, bags for travel, camera straps, and the list never ends. Next up, we have things like services that we uh, subscribe to, things like our Amazon subscriptions, Uber Eats, DoorDash, things like that. Uh, Next, there is content, so things like social media that we sit and consume for hours on end. And finally, we now have unlimited entertainment options. You know, gone are the days where you have three different television stations to flip back and forth between. No, now we have music options like Spotify and Apple Music, TV shows and, uh, you know, movie options like YouTube TV, Netflix, uh, HBO Max. The world definitely understands our bent toward consuming. uh, And it's right there willing to fulfill our order, however strange or exorbitant it is. Now, the funny thing is this, right? In order for there to be a consumer-friendly society, there have to be contributors, right? Stands to reason. If somebody wasn't contributing or creating something, there would be nothing for us to consume. So that begs the question, is all contributing the same? Are all contributions the same? Well, Transcend Human would suggest no, that there is a continuum upon which contributions live, a spectrum from good to evil, positive to negative, just as there is with everything else. There are contributions that are evil and only cause problems in the world. For example, the development of chemical weapons for militant militia groups, that never ends well. Then there are benign contributions that are neither good or bad. They simply add to the number of things that people can consume. One example might be the types of shampoo, right? How many different types of shampoo do we need? Um, or let's say somebody produces a documentary on the way cars are built. 
right? Not good or bad, just more content, more things to consume. And then there are more virtuous or altruistic contributions, ones that actually make a difference in the lives of others. So some examples of those could be Tom's Shoes, uh, Charity Water, things like that, where the contribution was founded first and foremost to help others. So given all these categories, Transcend Human would suggest that you not contribute bad or negative things, stick with the benign things, or work your way up to the altruistic, if at all possible. Number three, finding your big idea. So if it is true that we're each unique, that we each have value, and that we each have something important that we can contribute to the world, what is your thing? What is the one thing that you can offer that nobody else on this planet can offer? What is your big idea? Now, the big idea term itself is a marketing term. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the big idea is a term used to symbolize the foundation for a major undertaking in the areas of marketing or advertising, an attempt to communicate a brand, product, or concept to the general public by creating a strong message that pushes brand boundaries and resonates with consumers. So on that level, we get it, right? Nike had a big idea, which was just do it. And they've sold billions of dollars worth of sneakers and athletic equipment under that big idea. But it might be a little less obvious when you're trying to figure out what your big idea could be. Uh, Wikipedia goes on to explain that these ideas typically come in one of two ways. Uh, spontaneous ideas and researched ideas. So a spontaneous idea would come from some level of brainstorming or living your life and just seeing possibilities appear or just dreaming, right? Both conscious and unconscious or subconsciously. And then researched ideas are obviously, you know, doing actual research, right? Internet searches to find ideas, uh, maybe taking half-baked ideas that you've heard and making them your own, uh, maybe assessing data from something that already exists and then trying to find ideas based on that data, or maybe asking other people specific questions and, um, you know, asking them what they think would be a good idea and then fleshing those out. In my lifetime, I've probably uncovered big ideas in both ways, uh, but typically they've been sp spontaneous at first. Uh, one example of that is controversy theory and transcend human. Both of these ideas came to me randomly, um, though loosely based on my career and field of study. Uh, it started with a thought or an idea that just wouldn't go away. And then over time, I fleshed out the idea into more of like a, an outline or a framework. And then this led to actual research uh, in order to flesh out the framework. And once that was done, um, it led to the completion of a manuscript and eventually this podcast. Another spontaneous big idea um, I acquired was something I refer to as the trilogy. And it really came to me probably in the most spontaneous way I can think of through a dream. However, it wasn't like any dream I had ever experienced. Uh, this was back when I was drinking on a regular basis, probably more than I should have been. Uh, and I remember having a few too many one night. And because of this, uh, going to bed wasn't really a conscious decision. It was more of a state of existence I found myself in, uh, if you know what I mean by that. 
Uh, I just hoped that I had brushed my teeth and washed my face before it happened, but I can't be sure. At any rate, I went to bed uh, and at some point uh, began to dream my way through an entire story arc, one that easily held enough information to create a trilogy of novels. Now, the dream held a level of detail and specificity that I hadn't experienced in my lifetime. Uh, there were characters, plot twists, locations, and settings that stood out uh, in perfect clarity. But the strangest part uh, was what happened when I woke up. I think we've all had those dreams that seem so real when you're having them, and then you wake up and you can hardly piece them together. But for me, it was the exact opposite. I woke up and it was all in my head, every single piece, every detail, as if I had studied it for a final exam. Uh, I immediately got a journal and I began writing down everything that I could remember. I made a list of characters. I defined the main plot and additional subplots, uh, documented locations and settings for major scenes. Uh, I noted details about certain elements of the world uh, that the story took place in. Uh, I listed new technologies that I had seen and how they worked. Uh, I listed elements that bordered on science fiction and how in my dream they were presented as scientific fact. And I even outlined the way that this story could be broken out into a trilogy. How's that for a spontaneous big idea? Now, unfortunately, I haven't been able to fully act on this big idea, right? I started writing and I have about four chapters in the can, but a novel is a major undertaking. And the idea that it would become a trilogy uh, even made it that more daunting. And so at some point I decided to attack Transcend Human first, start the podcast, uh, and then get ideas out there as fast as possible. Hopefully you're benefiting from that decision. However, I still long to go back someday and finish the trilogy. Number four, the shadow career. So inevitably, one of the things that happens when you find your big idea, I guess depending on when you find it in your life, uh, is that you can't immediately go for it. You can't just stop what you're doing and put all of your energy into this new thing. Some might be lucky enough to do so. Uh, maybe your big idea is an offshoot of what you're already doing for a living. And maybe it simply means taking a new job or learning a new skill in your current situation. But for most people, their new big idea involves doing something completely different. Maybe it's writing, poetry, painting, or maybe it's just a different field of study altogether. Whatever the case, we typically have a job that is paying the bills, and the big idea isn't able to step in and do the same, at least not yet. Uh, Stephen Pressfield refers to the job paying the bills as your shadow career. Now, it may be what you went to school for, it may even be what you're good at, but it isn't your big idea. It isn't the thing that you believe you're supposed to do. It's only a shadow of that thing. For me, my shadow career is working in the field of web design and development. I'm good at it, I like it, and on good days, I can actually love what I'm doing. But it isn't my big idea, right? It's only a shadow of the thing that I believe I'm supposed to do in my life. So what is that thing? Well, for me, it's transcend human right now. Uh, and I'm lucky that I get to do this in my spare time. It doesn't pay the bills. And I have no idea if it ever will. But when I'm doing this, I can feel that I'm out from under my shadow. I'm doing what I'm meant to do. 
And there is nothing better than that. Being in alignment with your destiny, your true purpose in life, doing the thing that only you can do. So let's land the plane. Uh, The obvious question is this, what is your big idea? Or do you have one? Uh, What is that thing that you could give back to the world? What could you contribute versus consume moving forward? And what could the ripple effect of your decision to chase that down be? This week, uh, my hope for you is this. If you have your big idea, what are a couple steps you can take toward moving it forward, moving it down the field? If you don't have a big idea yet, take some time away from consuming and just think about it. Meditate. Think back to some of the frivolous things you did as a child. These are often indicators of the way God wired you. Dream a bit. Research new things. Ask a few close friends what they think you're good at. Explore areas where you find yourself getting excited. Then, when you feel like you found something, chase it down and figure out what part of it is your big idea. So that's it. Thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. Um, As always, tell somebody about the show, uh, friends, family. Uh, Word of mouth is always the best way to grow the podcast. Um, And if you have time, you know, give us a like on uh, Apple Podcasts, as that always goes a long way uh, in helping to boost the ratings of the show in the podcast library, which includes millions of podcasts, it seems like. All right. Thanks again. Uh, Until next time, everyone, have an amazing week. And as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.